Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? Right, all. If you have been joining me for the last couple episodes, we have been talking about kind of research behind good parenting, and I let's not even say good parenting because I don't say good versus bad, but I would say parenting that grows independent, autonomous children, which is what we want. We want our kids to succeed later in life, and they need to be and have a sense of independence and autonomy and fulfillment, and a lot of these strategies, theories, thoughts, methodologies will really get them there. So it's not good versus bad. It's just knowing what has been used for eons and what has worked and what hasn't worked. And I say this because in the last two years, I've read a ridiculous amount of books on raising children, kind of parenting books, but all these books have been from other cultures. So Hunt Gather Parent does kind of some research on ancient parenting. So a woman, Micheline, goes to these societies, the Incans, the Tanzanians, the Mayans, lives with these families, learns from them, learns how they do life, how they raise kids. And they've been doing it the same way for hundreds of years. And it has worked well. And they are doing well society uh, in terms of raising kids who are independent beings, happy beings. Uh, the others are Young parents based on an American's account in Germany, raising kids, bringing a baby, French parenting, and uh, Scandinavian who comes to America to raise kids. And that book is called There Is No Bad Weather. So kind of a couple different books that all speak about European parenting or Latin American parenting or ancient parenting and what we can learn from them because we in America are quite young. And what we're doing isn't working because we're breeding a lot of very anxious children or unhappy children or uh, kids that aren't independent. So how do we get closer to that? How do we raise competent individuals? In the previous episode, we talked a lot about emotions in particular. How do we deal with big emotions, our own? And how do we help kids with their big emotions? Because that's one of the big parts is emotion regulation and self-regulation. Before that, I talked about how do we get kids motivated to cooperate and comply? How do we get kids to comply? And one of the first episodes was around like um, helpfulness. How do we create a family unit or a school unit or a classroom unit where kids are cooperative and helpful and motivated to do those things? So let's dig into emotions a little bit more. In the previous episode, I talked about what are some ways to calm yourself down. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. You can go back and listen to that. But here are them. Here are a few of them in a, a nutshell. Take some big, long, deep breaths. Take a walk. Touch your forehead to remind yourself to get back into your thinking brain. Use the mantra, calm body, calm face, calm voice. Close your mouth, close your eyes. Why? Makes everything neutral so you can come back to yourself 
in your more neutralized state before raising your voice or speaking at all. Change your perspective. Think about your kids and reframe. They're not malicious beings who are out to get you. They just have a skill set they need to learn. And that skill set is learning to manage their emotions. Think about the five different needs areas. I did a whole series of this a long time ago on the podcast. And I talked a little bit about it in the last episode. Behaviors communicate one of the five needs. Behaviors tell us something. If you know one of the five needs that it's communicating or you can figure that out, which is usually pretty easy to figure out, you can get more clear on what they need from you. And when you know that, you can meet that need and the big behavior doesn't crop up. Visualize a calm space. I call it a mind space. When you visualize a really calm space, mine's a treehouse, and then I can neutralize myself pretty quickly or sing or hum. Things to note before we talk about what are the strategies to do to get kids to calm down or to manage their emotions. Big emotions breed big emotions. So if you take your energy up and you go to those big emotions with your kids, they go up with you. Come back down so that they can come down with you because emotions are contagious and they will catch your calm. Be mindful of your t- of your style or type of communication or communicating at all. Yelling activates a stress response, not helpful. It means the nervous system becomes dysregulated. Communicating at all moving your body even is stimulating. So try and reduce the amount of words you're using and don't even communicate at all. Get calm first and then communicate. Don't argue with a child who does not have the skill set yet to learn to calm themselves down. Just stop, walk away and come back when you feel better. And don't force them to do things. Again, we want them to become independent, autonomous beings. So that means not just reigning authority over them. All right. In the previous episode, the two things we talked about, really the three things we talked about to get kids to manage their emotions is model calm. Give information about their choices or behavior. If they hit you or hurt you, say, ouch, that hurts. We don't hurt people in this house or anywhere. (laughs) Use human touch, spinning, swinging, hugs, because it calms It breaks the tension, it calms the nervous system, and it releases all these happy chemicals into our body. It's a pattern breaker. It changes the pattern. And that is what we need to be able to get kids to come down to calm. So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about mm, some of my favorite things. I I read this one first in um, uh, Monica Sweeney talks about this in her like gratitude, presence, mindfulness books the power of awe. And it came up again in one of the books, I think it was Hunt Gather Parent, where you kind of replace your really strong negative feelings. So let's just say anger with awe. So when a child starts to have a breakdown or a tantrum or getting upset, you point out an awe, like you might point out the snow-capped mountains, you might point out the ocean waves or water, you might point out the skyline or the sunset. Why does this work? Because noticing something with awe, a little something like a a very mundane thing that we probably overlook each day is a mindfulness practice that brings you to the present. When you are in a heightened state of emotion or when they enter into a heightened state of emotion, they leave their thinking brain and go into their emotional brain. When you practice awe, it brings you back into your thinking brain. So notice the little things that bring us awe in those moments of anger, frustration, upset, big emotions, and that will bring them back down. Go outside. Don't even use any words. Literally just pick them up and take them outside. I use this religiously with my seven-month-old. When he starts to scream and cry, I don't know what he wants because he's been changed and fed and slept. 
I walk outside and instantly it calms him down because not only does it change the scenery and it gives him fresh air, but there's something about being outside and being in nature that just neutralizes the whole nervous system and brings a, a person back to the present. So I don't say we're going outside. I don't use any words. I don't direct him out. I just pick him up and we walk outside. If kids are too old to be picked up, like if they're four or five, and you, you, you could still pick them up, but we don't want to pick them up and like force them. Because again, we talked about this, no forcing guide them out. Just say, we're going to go outside or don't even use any words. Just use their hand and guide them out. Why? Again, mindfulness. It it brings you back into that centralized zone of your nervous system. That is that equilibrium state. Get outside. Even get outside before the tantrum happens. Use it preventatively. The last one for breakdowns of emotion is ignore it ignore it, planned ignoring, but there's a big but with this one. Only when they are old enough. So many pediatricians and teachers of young kids talk about using planned ignoring when behaviors are inappropriate. Not a good idea. Here's why. A lot of times kids don't have the skill set yet to calm themselves down. They don't know what to do to behave properly. They need to learn to do it. So when we use planned ignoring, we're essentially overestimating their skills. We think that they have the ability to, to learn or to know they, they do have the ability to learn, but they don't yet know they need to learn how to calm themselves down. So ignoring them does not help and does not work. This strategy is great when a kid already has that skill set. So when do they have that? It's different for each kid, but probably around six, seven years old. Why? There's a big emotional jump in maturity around six, seven. There's a big, like the brain goes through a big pruning period where it becomes much more emotionally mature. So around that age is when you can start to implement the planned ignoring strategy, but only if they already have the skill set and they know how to calm down on their own. Keep that in mind. I see that one used a lot, really inappropriately. And that takes us to today's listener question, which is, I'm worried about the transition between toddlerhood and school age. I want to make sure my my child is kind to everyone as she enters this new chapter and starting in kindergarten. The first thing I would say is go back and listen to the last couple episodes. <laughs> Teach your child to cooperate and be helpful. Teach them to manage their emotions and you do those three things and they're going to be set. The other thing I would say is really create those family values. What are the three big overarching um, like terms that your family really values? Is it kindfulness? Is it gratitude? Is it respectfulness? Is it responsibility? Whatever it is, empathy. You create these values, these we are statements. We are kind. We are respectful. We are empathetic. We are problem solvers. Whatever it is, you have your three core as your family. And then you teach them what does problem solving look like? What does kindness look like? What does empathy look like? And when you have those values clear and you teach them, and you kind of use natural consequences around them and you reflect upon them as a family, it ensures that a child is going to um, adopt them and use them uh, in settings outside your home. Why? Because you've created those neurological patterns with those values. They're just instilled in their brain and they have them in there and they're easy to access. So I would really focus on teaching the values. To wrap up our show, I'm going to give you the try at home tip, which is ironically, something we talked about today, going outside, go outside. You as an adult, 
children, use it preventatively, use it reactively, but get outside. It is so good for the brain and the body. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our tried at home tip, which is get outside. If you're looking for more support in the area of stress, trauma, behavior, or the brain, whether you're a parent or a school system, I would love to be a part of your learning journey. The Behavior Hub, the organization I started, offers a range of supports from coaching to training programs to online courses, even can get university credit for the online courses. So if you want to learn more, shoot me an email through the Behavior Hub website or a text through 717-693-7744, or you can even schedule a discovery call with me where we can talk about what you need, what's best, am I the best fit, or is someone else the best fit, and where to go next. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thank you for joining me.